Especially this time of year, we're celebrating a holiday called Christmas. And Christmas is a gift to us in a way. It's something that wasn't given to us in Scripture, believe it or not, the Christmas holiday, and yet it's something that has come in by Christian tradition and something that has come into our culture as a tradition. And we thank God for it because it's a time of year when there's a sense in the air that something is different and something is special and something is coming. And kids, it's something better than just the presents. Okay, Uh, what it is, is that God has given us his own son. This is the reason that we have this, this time. This is what we're celebrating is that God, who is the eternal God, God, the son has stepped down from the throne of heaven to come and to be our savior. I want to familiarize. Maybe you've come and you don't even know much about the story of Jesus's birth. So I want to begin by just reading some of that story from Luke chapter 1 and chapter 2. Here's what it says in Luke 1, verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. Later on in Luke, Luke chapter 2, verse 1, it says, In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of a great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior." who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. 
But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. That's what happened. And that is how our Savior became a man, came into the world as a little child. Can you imagine, even right now, you being the age that you are? I won't say a grown-up because not all of you are. (laughs) Some of us are more grown-up than others, right? But can you imagine going back to being an infant? Even that is something that is a, a humility that would be remarkable. But Jesus didn't just go from, from where we are to being an infant. Jesus went from the, the throne of heaven that he himself created and, and came down and took on human flesh and was there having his diaper changed by a teenage mother. And, and so that is the kind of humility. And it says that in the Bible that he went all the way in that humility to the point of death on a cross. And he did that for us. As we've, we've been looking, I mentioned earlier that uh, this, this past Sunday and tonight and tomorrow, we're looking at some of the statements that Jesus made during his earthly ministry about why it is that he came into the world. Why did this happen? He makes quite a few statements about that. He says, I did not come for this reason, but for this reason, or I have come into the world for this. And he says a number of things like that, but we're categorizing them in three ways, and one is that he came to be the, the prophet who would preach the good news to us. That's what we saw on Sunday. And tonight we're going to see that Jesus came to be the atoning priest, the priest who would make atonement for our sins. And then tomorrow morning we'll see that he came to be the ruling king. He's our prophet, priest, and king. He said in Luke 5.32, this was part of his being prophet, I have not come to call the righteous but sinners to repentance. He says, I have come to call with my words sinners to repentance. But he didn't only come to call. He didn't just come to say, you better turn it around. He also came to actually do the work for us. And that's what we see when we consider that Jesus came to atone as our priest. It says in Matthew 121 about the story of when the same angel Gabriel came to Joseph we read about him coming to Mary, but he came to Joseph, and, and he, this angel announced to Joseph that Mary would bear a son, and, and you will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. He says, this is why he's coming. This is why Jesus is coming into the world, and even why you should give him this name that means the Lord saves. He will save his people from their sins. In 1 Timothy 1.15, it says, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Boy, I can say that. I'm so thankful that Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the chief. That's the role of a pastor, by the way, chief sinner. Thank God for being the savior of sinners. Jesus is the great high priest who came into the world to offer the one final sacrifice for sin that all of the sacrifices that had come before were all about. I want to share with you a few of these statements that Jesus made about why he had come related to being the sacrifice for our sins, our priest, the one who would save us. He says this in Matthew 20, 28, and I kind of put this as the main verse for you tonight. Matthew 20, 28, even as the Son of Man came not to be served, 
but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Now that statement that Jesus makes is in the middle of Jesus' disciples trying to clamor for position against each other. Two of his disciples saying, Jesus, when you get to heaven, can we have the best seats? Can we be the ones to sit on your right and in your left in your kingdom? And Jesus kind of rebukes them. The other disciples are a little bit disgusted with the question. But Jesus says, look, that's how the world works. It's trying to clamor to get ahead, but it must not be so among you. But here's how he gives the example. He gives the example of himself. Jesus is the one who deserves to put himself first, if anybody ever did. This is God the Son, the eternal Son of God, the second person of the Trinity. God, who, if anybody could could say, I deserve to sit on the throne, it's him because he does. But do you know what he did for us? He stepped down. And it says that he didn't come when he came as a baby. He didn't come to be served. He came to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. When it says give his life as a ransom for many, what that means is that Jesus came so that he could go to the cross and have our sins placed on him and counted as his and be killed for them as we deserve to die for our sins. But so that he, in doing that, could purchase a people for himself, give his life as a ransom for many. The way that it's expressed in 1 John 4.10, it says, And this is love, not that we have loved God. Although, absolutely, we should love God. That's the first and greatest commandment. But that's not where we find the height of love in what we do for God. But here's where we find love in that he loved us and sent his son. He sent his son. That's what we're celebrating right now. Why did he send his son? To be the propitiation for our sins. To be the sacrifice for our sins that would turn away the wrath of God that we deserve and turn his favor to us and give us eternal life. It says that's why he sent his son. That's the gift that we're to receive at this Christmas time. He says in John 12, 27, now my soul is troubled. This is Jesus speaking in his earthly ministry, knowing, speaking about how he's going to go and die. He says, my soul is troubled and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this purpose, I have come to this hour. That's what he says. It's why I'm here. It's why I came into the world. Is this for this, for this hour of trouble where I'm going to the cross? But he's doing it for us. He's going to be our high priest to make the final sacrifice for our sins. That's why he came. Another thing that Jesus says about why he came is found in Luke 19, verse 10. He says this, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. To seek and to save the lost. Now sometimes when we Christians speak about those who are not Christians with the term the lost, People get offended by that. And I understand that. And I've even had well-meaning Christians tell me that we should not tell anyone that they are lost because they certainly don't feel lost. We get that. Before you come to faith in Christ, you, you don't know that you're lost. And yet that's the way that Jesus says. Jesus says that we all belong to him. And yet, like sheep, we have all gone astray. That's what it says in Isaiah 53. But he has laid on him the iniquity of us all. That's what it says about it there. He came to seek and to save 
the lost. How is it that we were lost? Well, it's because we had wandered off into sin. We had betrayed our Creator. We had had done what was in our own hearts rather than what was on God's heart and His command for us. And in that, our sin had made a separation between us and God. That's what it says in Isaiah. Now, sinner, I'm going to ask you this. Do you know that your sin made a separation between you and God? If you do need, if you don't know that, then, then you need to come to know that. You need to gain a sense of your lostness because that's the first step to being found, is to know that you need to be found. The first step to going to the doctor is knowing that you're sick. The first step to knowing that you need to be found is to know that you're lost. But guys, if you, if you know Christ, if you've come to faith in Christ, it's because he came to seek and to save the lost. He does it, and that's why he came into the world. The third thing that Jesus says about why he came is found in John 6, 51. He says this, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I give for the life of the world is my flesh. Jesus says that he came down like manna from heaven, and he came down to give us life. He came to be the one that if we partake, if we eat of his flesh is the way that he puts it, that we can live forever. That's one of the most misunderstood verses in the Bible. And there are churches out there that say, well, what this means is that when you partake of this wafer or you drink of this cup, well, that's giving you eternal life. That That's Jesus that you're partaking of right there. Well, that's not what Jesus meant by that. Because in the very same chapter, Jesus said this, in John 6:35 he said I am the bread of life whoever comes to me shall not hunger and whoever believes in me shall never thirst Jesus is saying this is how you eat of the bread of life he came down from heaven as the living bread to give us life and here's how you partake you partake by coming to him and believing in him and when you come to him and believe in him That is how you look and you see he gave his life for us on the cross. He is my only hope in life and in death and in all eternity. And I put my trust in him. And in coming to him and in believing him, you will never hunger and you will never thirst. And he said, this is why I came down from heaven, so that we could have that. The fourth thing that Jesus says is found in John 3, 16 and 17 about why he came into the world. He says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. It says right there, God the Father sent God the Son into the world so that he would be given up. It's talking about the cross. He gave his only son. And he did that so that whoever believes in him would not perish. We were lost in our sin. He came to seek and to save the lost. We, we, were, we were starving to death and we didn't know it, but he came to be the bread of life. We were going to perish. But he came and he perished in our place to give us life. It's when it says, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. It says right there, he goes on and he says, 
He didn't need to come to condemn us because we already condemned ourselves. And that's the gist of what the rest of John 3 is about to go on and say. We got ourselves condemned by our sin. Jesus came to save. He came to save. And so turn to Jesus. Turn to Jesus. That's why he came. That's why Christmas is around, is because he would be the sacrifice for our sins to give us life. Believe in him. Have eternal life. And then also we know that Jesus will come again. Now, Jesus came the first time for a particular reason, but Jesus didn't just come and be born as a baby. He didn't just teach and, and heal and all of the things that he did. He didn't just go to the cross and die. He also rose from the dead, and he also ascended into heaven and is there right now, body and soul, full Jesus in heaven right now. And when he went there... He promised that he would come a second time. Now, you may not realize that you've already sung a song tonight about the second coming of Jesus. It's called Joy to the World. And if you ever read the lyrics to that and think through them, you'll see that's not talking about just the first time Jesus would come. There's some of these things that are going to happen the second time he comes. And as he's come the first time, we need to think about that second time. Now, when he says... God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that he might be saved through him, that was the purpose of his first coming. He, we have an opportunity now that we won't have forever. We have an opportunity to be reconciled to God by faith. And there will come a day when we stand before Jesus in judgment. Here's what it says in Hebrews 9, verse 24. Christ has entered not into the holy places made with hands, which are copies of the true things, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God on our behalf. Nor was it to offer himself repeatedly as the high priest enters the holy places every year with blood not his own, for then he would have had to suffer repeatedly since the foundation of the world. But as it is, he appeared once for all at the end of the ages to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. You hear that? That's why he appeared, that first coming to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. Did he put away your sin? Trust in him. Put your faith in Jesus, and your sin will be put away at the cross. But he's coming a second time. It says in the next verse in Hebrews, just as it is appointed for a man once to die, and after that comes the judgment, so Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. Don't you want to be among those who are eagerly waiting for him? Who on that day, that's a day of rejoicing. Jesus has come to save sinners in his first coming. And in his second coming, he's no longer coming to deal with sin, but to finish the work. Let's be on the side of Jesus. Let's bow the knee. Let's worship him. Let's praise him. Maybe God, listen to this. Listen, you have all of the family things happening and they're beautiful and they're warm and they're good and they're God-given. And when you go back from the worship service to the family things, you'll have a different mindset. But maybe the fact is that right now that God has brought you to this time in this place so that he could deal with things that have been going on in your heart, in your life for a long time. And maybe this would be the night when you realize Jesus came because of me, 
because of my sin. And maybe this would be the night that the Holy Spirit would reach down into your heart and show you the things that Jesus said about the reason that he came to seek and to save the lost. And maybe the Holy Spirit has been at work in your heart so that you know, I am the lost. I need to be sought. I need to be saved. Turn to Jesus. Cry out to him in faith for the forgiveness of your sins, and he won't turn you away. Let's pray. Father, thank you for Jesus who has come as the light of the world, the bread of life, the great high priest, and the one who is the sacrifice once and for all for our sins. God, I pray that you would turn us to him in faith. I pray that the purposes that he has come for would be fulfilled in individual hearts tonight as we look to him in faith, as we know that he came to seek and to save the lost, which was all of us. And I pray that, uh, Lord, that maybe some who need to come to Christ would even right now. God, as we uh, gather uh, primarily as a congregation of believers, we just thank you so much for what you have done the grace and the mercy that you've shown to us. And God, I pray that you would grant us to be those who would help to spread the light of Jesus in this world. And it's in his name we pray. Amen.